0: To 10 p.m., the viewpoint with Asraf
1: Gada. The viewpoint with Asraf Gada.
2: So, to confirm, we'll have the podcast up of uh, the 20 Mayor Solim Simanga up sometime uh, tomorrow morning. Go to the SAFM a website, that's one thing the other we should be chatting to Musi Maimani the leader of the DA sometime next week and I think then issues of policy and and real impact or not of the DA will come up absolutely but let's however now talk about uh, our president, President Sodom Pozon now, you know Uh, Last week, we spoke to the head of AFASA, the organization, the African uh, Farmers Association, uh, head of their big event on Monday night. And the president spoke at that event and he said a lot of things. uh, But uh, remember, farming is central to what that event was all about. He then said this.
0: The taking of land from the indigenous people of this country was the original sin. It caused divisions hurt, and pain amongst our people. Now what we need to do is to be aware of the fact that we are all called upon and enjoined to heal the divisions and the pain of the past. And this is a collective task. It's not a task of the African National Congress alone. It is our task as a nation It belongs to all of us Yes, Julius Malema Is just as much your task As it is my task Yes, Musi Maimani Is just as your task As it is my task Everybody It is your task as well That we should address this issue Now what is the task? The return of the land to the people from whom it was taken speaks to precisely what we need to do to heal the divisions of the past. Whether we like it or not, that pain persists. We need to interrogate the statement that expropriation of land without compensation is incompatible with a growing and flourishing economy. We need to respond to the view that what we propose represents a violation of the spirit and the intent of our democratic constitution. There are a few in our country who would contest this fact, that dispossession of black South Africans of their land contributed fundamentally to the impoverishment and disempowerment of the majority of our people. The expropriation of land without compensation is envisaged as one of the measures that we will use to accelerate redistribution of land to black South Africans. We will need to determine collectively how we can implement this measure in a way that promotes agricultural production, improves food security, advances rural development, reduce poverty, and strengthen our economy. For it to serve this purpose, we need to see and locate this measure within a broad comprehensive land redistribution and agricultural development program. This is a profound responsibility that has been given to our generation. In dealing with this complex matter, we will not make the mistakes that others have made in dealing with the question of land.
2: Lots uh, spoken there by President uh, Ramaphosa and ref- reiterating that point about, uh, you know, the, the, the first sin or the original sin, which is now being a repeated thing for, for speaker against speaker. But how important is that? But let's move on to this particular point. So we all know we need to address it. But, but by him saying, if we don't address it, it is going to cause instability in the country if there is any risk it will be around the land issue is he is it just saying the obvious or or is he saying something that is even more ominous than you may have thought I'll, I'll just repeat that if we don't address it it is going to cause instability in the country if there is any risk it will be around the land issue. Interesting, he didn't say there'll be a risk around other things, around the land issue. So, do you think he's got it right? We're going to get three takes on this. Michael Morris is first up, Head of Media at the Institute of Race Relations. Michael, appreciate your time. Good evening.
3: Good evening,
2: Shaf. Nice, nice to be speaking to you. Thank you, right. What's your take on that? Are we focusing on that statement as opposed to general policy of land, right? What's your take on that statement? Okay.
3: It, 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 I mean, land is, is quite a complex issue, but I think just to starters one could certainly say that um, there is a great deal of instability in the country as we speak, and, and it's, it's an instability that ro- arises primarily from the fact, for instance, that we have you know 9.3 million jobless people, um, <clears throat> six million are under thirty-five, and 8.3 of them are black. Um, the, the black unemployment rate being something like four to five times higher than that of white people, um, and this because of the skills deficit. And these are, these are, uh, are indicators of conditions of instability. Which which the country needs to address.
2: So so interesting his take that it will cause, it is going to cause instability. You actually suggesting that there's instability already anyway.
3: Yes, indeed. I mean, you know, our our anxiety would be um, or, or, or is that you know if we're looking at expropriation without compensation or undermining property rights. Is that in fact going to be addressing the, the the current instability that we really do need to address? Very bad thing, and it, it, you know it covers education, it covers uh, labour law, uh, uh, employment. Obviously, is, is is really the key thing: the ability of ordinary South Africans to take control of their lives and to uh, to achieve some kind of well-being. If if expropriation without compensation is in fact going to worsen that, well then it. That that's going to be a problem, and our theory is that it does, um, because it it undermines the essential confidence of investors. At a point in our history when we, the South Africans don't have enough money for all, all that we have to do, and we we actually rely on that investment. Um, and this was borne out, in fact, by Trevor Manuel's comment just a few um, a few months ago, or weeks ago perhaps that as well. Um, where he indicated as, as one of um, the president's uh, investment envoys that they were finding it increasingly difficult to, uh, to overcome anxiety and suspicion among investors abroad. So, so obvious, you know, investment is, is, is the first primary consideration. We also, in fact, very strongly feel that much more needs to be done in land reform, not only in the countryside, but certainly in the countryside, um, in boosting um, emergent farmers, Um, And our view there really is quite simply what we need to do is to help people who want to farm to farm successfully. Um, And this is not simply a question of handing out land. Um, The government's only research has has indicated that that land is is itself not a problem. There are all kinds of other things. It's extension services, it's infrastructure in the the rural areas, dams, electricity supply and so on. There's a great deal that the government can do. Um, And land is not necessarily the, the stumbling block. Um, but there's no doubt that land reform is, is essential. Um, the farming community, in our view, is in, in fact very constructively engaged in this. The other element of land reform, of course, is, is land reform in the cities, um, where the, the very people who are at, at the moment most disadvantaged are the ones who end up on the peripheries of, of cities. They spend, uh, you know, up to forty or fifty percent of their income just getting to places. Not, not even to, to, uh, to, just to look for work, never mind to get to work. Um, and in those, those areas, the one thing that they lack is property rights. Our mm. uh, mm. views, a great deal of the attention should really focus on, on urban reform <clears throat> and lots of land, big pockets of government land, which should be developed for housing to make it easier for people who are coming to the cities from the countryside. Wanting a better life. Um, so, so could we could we turn
2: this around and, and say that you know in that comment, if we don't address it, the land issue is going to cause instability. You were saying there's instability already. Let's take it the other way around, which is if we do address the land issue, for many people, that's going to cause instability. What's your thoughts on that? Um, it, it it
3: needn't really, you know. Uh, I, I mean. we, we, we certainly from a liberal perspective we we don't see South Africa as a society of, of of distinct racial groups it's it's just all South Africans. and if you think of the farming community, whether you're you're a black commercial farmer or a white commercial farmer, your interests are essentially the same. And one of those fundamental interests is that your your property right is is guaranteed because that is the the, 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 the collateral that, on which you depend to get the the loans from the banks in order to plant next year's crop or to expand your operation and so on. So, so we, you know, we, 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 we believe that, uh, that the, the farming community as a whole has a common interest, whether they're black or white. Um, uh, and having said that, I mean, you know, given our history of conquest, uh, followed by massive dispossession, particularly in the apartheid years, land is, is is a natural rallying point, political rallying point. And even people who don't necessarily have an interest in farming. Uh, will support, perhaps even in vague terms, the general idea of in the landscape. And, you know, that, that's not something to be dismissed. It's not something to be taken lightly. I think it's important. We need to acknowledge this history and we need to, to find ways to debate it and to find, you know, find solutions. It's not really going to be possible to sustain food security and the economy and the well-being of South Africans by returning to some point in, what, 1940, 1840, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and so on. You know, so... It, it becomes quite sort of emotional at that point, but, it, but a little bit, a little bit manic uh, and 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 irrational. Um, but that does not mean to suggest that land reform is not is not a vital requirement, and it is something that we feel, in the IRR has has not been. History, uh, okay. Uh,
2: well, well. Thank you for your take. We can get maybe two more more takes on this issue because I think it's a very interesting one indeed, a uh, very important issue. Michael Morris, head of media at the Institute um, of Race Relations. So that's one part of it. Let's get another take on this. Professor uh, Andre Duvenach is with us. Professor of Political Science at the University of Northwest. We haven't chatted in a while, certainly since there's been premiership change in that region. Uh, Professor I appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Uh, Good evening. Nice talking to you.
2: Thank you. Right. What what do you make of of that statement? I'll repeat it. If we don't address it, it is going to cause instability in the country. If there's any risk, it will be around the land issue coming from the president, President Ramaphosa. What, What do you make of? Let's try and analyze that statement.
1: I have no doubt that the land issue is going to be at the core of all election campaigns of the majority of parties. And I also know that we need to get some sort of a solution to the land issue. In that sense, Mr. Ramaphosa is quite right. But I'm very, very much concerned about making land the main issue for the election of 2019. Because our whole economy, to a certain extent, is at stake at this point. At this point in time, with a low growth rate, We need direct foreign investment. We need people that must grow the economy, must uh, invest from an internal perspective in the economy. And what is happening at the the moment is a lot of distrust. Now, Mr. Ramaphosa is in a catch-22 situation. He needs to address the issue, but if he's going to address the issue, we are going to pay a price for this, and I don't think there's a way in the muddle. My take on it is that this is a very serious situation, and honestly, I think that the announcement of expropriation without compensation Mm -hmm. a few weeks back, and I know there were a lot of pressure on Mr. Ramaphosa, is a clear indication to me that it is difficult times we are in, and that I do not think we are easily going to get a solution for this under the current circumstances.
2: All right. Do, do you think we're making too much of the land issue? I'm not, I'm not minimizing the importance. Uh, picking up from your point, which is, have we turned that into the central you know, win or, or lose situation for the entire South Africa uh, regarding all things?
1: I'm afraid that is more or less the situation. And what is making it even more problematic there's a lot of people that is hoping that the middle ground in South Africa will keep together because I also believe that within the middle ground, we can look for solutions. But at this point in time, the land issue is contributing to its polarization. And for example, it will be very, very difficult for a party like the ANC to go into a coalition with the democratic alliance in terms of their position, positions with regard to land. In that sense, I think it is very negative for South Africa at this point in time, and I would rather have seen a situation where we depoliticize the land issue. But your first line of argumentation, you ask about uh, the land and the value of land, there are more, pers- more than one perspective on the value of land. From an economic productive perspective, you will get a certain idea about the value. But we must also take into consideration that there's a lot of politics involved in this. And uh, it's not going to be that easy to reduce the value of land only Mm. in terms of economic and uh, financial. But but
2: how how does one depoliticize the land issue?
1: Well, uh, not going the way of Zimbabwe. And unfortunately, we did it uh, during this year after the announcement coming from the 2017 conference of the ANC. I would rather go the way, playing it very low, work on the transformation of land in terms of a certain strategy, but not going the political way. But now we must take into consideration our politics is working on that basis The majority of voters in South Africa is voting on basis of them getting something, whatever it may be. And that is the wrong principle when it comes to democracy. When my understanding of democracy at least is that you should vote for a principle, although maybe a management principle or a value or whatever the case may be, but you cannot vote for benefits alone. Okay, And you get a
2: sense now people are going to vote for benefits and the point is, if you vote for a certain party that's 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 uh, that's led with a campaign around land, in this case it would be the ANC, never mind what the EFF have said, right? Then you will get your land. If you don't vote for them, you won't get your land. Do you almost see it like a referendum?
1: I am afraid that is more or less the situation and we know what is the view of the majority with regard to land and the land issue. Although we have seen A lot of research indicating that the majority of people is not very much interested in working the land. Rather, they will go for some sort of a financial benefit coming from the process. So at the end of the day, it's not really about land. It's how people can benefit from this political process, and this is unfortunate.
2: You know, you may have the numbers, uh, Professor Duvenacher, but um, I do understand that uh, certainly the the state owns substantial uh, numbers of unused land, right? Uh, Well, well, first of all, what are the numbers? Do you have any idea?
1: No, I haven't got the specific uh, figures. Uh, At the moment, there are big debates about who owns what. But my take on it is, and you are quite right, there's a huge part of South Africa that is directly owned by the state and that is not in productive use in any way whatsoever. I haven't got an exact figure, but I will go away of uh, around 20%. It must be around that specific uh, figure. And this is, according to my assessment, the main focus point where you should start with land reform. And then we know they are about Four thousand farms that are currently unproductive. In that sense, we need to work on that area. Okay, I
2: does it does it not surprise you, therefore, that that there hasn't been? Uh, that level of criticism against the state, in this case the, the government, uh, for not sorting out the land issues all this time. It's almost like the, the, the enemy would still be the farmer, the enemy would be, you know, white South Africa, but the enemy is not the incumbent for for a vast tract of land in the country. Does that surprise you?
1: Uh, yeah. If we are working from a point of departure where democracy is a full-grown process where people are critical against the government, etc., then it will be a complete surprise, because at the moment we are not looking at democracy at work. But if you analyze that within the bigger South African tradition, you will find a great loyalty towards the existing government. And that is the current situation. That was also the situation with regard to the old national party. But unfortunately I'm afraid government did a bad job when it comes to land and land reform one statistic I know is that if we look at all the money spent on land reform the government could have bought 50% of all the land in South Africa and unfortunately we are far away Okay,
2: that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, Professor André Duvenage, Professor of Political Science at the University of Northwest, giving us his take. Let's depoliticize the land issues. Goodness, can we do so? Let's get a third take on it right after this.
0: Catch
3: Afternoon Express for daily recipes to keep you inspired in the kitchen. Tune in on Mondays as we put together nutritious five-ingredient meals. Join our Tuesday cook-along with easy-to-follow dinner ideas and a weekly celebrity guest. And on Thursdays, it's conscious cooking as we explore healthier and more sustainable alternatives to our favorite foods. That's Afternoon Express, weekdays at 4.30 p.m. only on SABC3. The stage is yours.
1: Afternoon Express family has just
3: gotten a whole lot bigger. Join me, Palisa Tembe, winner of Presenter Search on 3, along with my seasoned co-presenters Jeannie D and Bonnie Mbuli every Monday to Friday on SABC3 for an hour of live entertainment, meaningful conversation, and lifestyle inspiration. So make sure you tune in for Afternoon Express every weekday from half past 4 to half past 5 p.m. only on SABC3. Hashtag
2: SAFM point. Right, let's get a third take now with a researcher, lecturer, and that's uh, Matlala uh, Seda Good chatting to you as always. Thank you for your time.
4: Thank you, Ashraf, and thanks for having me once more. Thank you. Right, so
2: w- what do you make of of the pronouncement by the president if we don't address the land issue is going to cause instability in the country is that uh, giving us a scare uh, on the one hand is that uh, raising the level that's completely unnecessary or is he saying it because it's just so absolutely obvious
4: uh, i think uh, the president's sentiments or utterances uh an assessment of the current dynamics or current situations actually um the ANC's adopted position on expropriation of land without compensation is a culmination of various issues. I mean, there's a relevant, um, or prevalent rather, social discontent and relative deprivation due to the inequalities that exist based on racial lines and interrace race uh, inequalities. I think the ANC has realised that should they not address the the prevalent social discontent and uh, prevalent social deprivation, uh, the situation could get out of hand. As it is already, there is a sense of instability. If the issue is not addressed, the, the instability could get worse, I would say.
2: Mm. Is the President therefore simply saying it as it is and therefore he's just giving the honest truth, or is he being irresponsible as well? Meaning, meaning that, does he not raise the temperature by saying
4: that? No, not really. Because uh, by saying that, he's being honest that there's an issue on the table that needs to be addressed. Uh, you cannot tiptoe around an issue that that, that, that has, has gained so much momentum. And as a president, I think he felt the need to take charge and to add his, his, his voice of reason to the whole debate on the table. Uh, the issue cannot no longer be avoided. It has dragged on for far too long. It needs to be tackled. But as we indicated, there is a need for a clear, explicit policy on how to deal with land reform and land restitution. Therefore, he acknowledges there's a challenge. But going forward, we need a clear way of addressing the issue.
2: All right. And, and the, the point brought up earlier on by, let's say, specifically Professor Andrei Duvenacher, which is that we need to find a way to depoliticize it, meaning not suggesting it's unimportant, but it's, it's completely linked to, you know, political party support. Is, and he's suggesting we need to work around it. How do we go about doing that? Should we, in fact?
4: Uh, I, I had uh, Prof's input. I don't think there's a way to depoliticize the issue. The issue is inherently political. I mean, uh, we're in the situation we are because of political action. Uh, There's yeah. no way you can depoliticize this issue. And a prof made a number of contradictions, actually. He did mention that uh, this is an elections issue. People will vote based on 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 the issue of land expropriation. Mm. But later he said that people tend to vote for the party that they identify with. Actually, he's mentioning two voting behaviors that are contradictory. Uh, The issue at hand here is that there is a growing leftist populist rhetoric emerging in the country. It needs to be addressed very quickly before it gets out of hand. We need to ask ourselves a question what is giving rise to this populist rhetoric that has characterized the political landscape? Mm-hmm. Those are the questions we, we need to ask. We identify that are the possible causes. I mean, in a normal society where redistribution was done e- efficiently and effectively, do we think we would have seen the rise of this populist rhetoric that we're seeing that is characterizing the landscape? I don't think so. Therefore, Before this populist rhetoric gets out of hand, we need to address the root causes.
2: Well, good good point about addressing the root causes. Therefore, can, can we say, which was said by Michael Morris, that already there's instability. I'm not sure about, you know, uh, there will be instability if we, don't, if we don't solve the land issues. He's suggesting there's already instability. H- how much instability may happen if we resolve the land issues or if we don't resolve it? I mean, it's Either way, if we tackle it, would there still be more instability even if we do tackle it?
4: I agree with 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 uh, Mr. Morris when he says there's already instability. Right now it's a matter of do we let the instability grow into something bigger or do we manage it do we nip it in the bud while it's still where it is now and address it. And um, what was the second question again Ashraf? No but, but, I mean, well,
2: well, well, the one point is that if we address uh, he's suggesting there's already instability even I without resolving with that, it yes. but the other point is is it possible that even in resolving it, it will create even greater instability, even though in resolving it, you are correcting a wrong, you're doing the right thing, but it's still bound to create even more instability?
4: Yes, definitely. Even in correcting the issue, there will be some sort of instability. Now, the question is, what is the best possible way to ensure the least instability in addressing the issue? That is what we should, what we as a country should come up with. And, and what, do, what do you think with the answer? Question, what's the least...
0: Yeah. And
2: what would be the answer to that?
4: Uh, that's the thing. I think the answer to that is we need to address uh, the imbalances in terms of the land question. I mean, most of the people that I've had, they raise the economic aspect of land. I mean, uh, land redistribution does not only have an economic aspect, it has a social aspect to it. That's why I say it's almost impossible to depoliticize the issue some people do not have or do not want their land because of economic reasons, but they want their land because of social reasons. It forms part of the identity of who they are. We need to balance the economic aspect of land reform and land restitution with the social aspect of it. it, it, it in fact, if anything, I would say land reform and land restitution, uh, restitution should, should not be overly turned into an economic issue we should highlight them, the social aspect of it as well.
2: Okay, absolutely. Let's leave it at that. Thank you for your time, uh, Matlala Setla Lohili. I hope you enjoyed it as a listener. Uh, Matlala is a researcher and lecturer, but the fact that we had three different takes, some, most of them agreeing on some things, but also differing greatly on others, I think it certainly gets us all thinking, and that's why we call it the big picture. Hopefully you've got a bigger picture now than what you had. Let's talk about the Commission on State Capture after this.